Welcome to Child Pony Sleep Repeat, the podcast for pony parents where we realise we're not alone and everyone is trying to juggle children and horses. Um, I now have two boys and everything is a little bit chaotic. This week we have a slightly different episode. Instead of speaking to your um, amazing horsey mum in an interview about how she manages life, we are actually talking to two amazing volunteers from Abingdon RDA to hear about how life is at a Riding for the Disabled riding school. Thank you so much for setting this up. You're welcome. Thank you for asking us. <laughs> oh no, it's amazing. It's um, it's something that is oh, it's massively inspirational. Like, like you're going to have to talk me through. So I'm talking to Alice in India. Um, who, who does what and how are you involved in Abingdon RDA? Okay, cool. Shall I start? Yes, you go first, India. Awesome. Well, um, we're both volunteer coaches, um, among various other things. Um, I've been involved for coming up for the last 11 years, so since I was wow. 18. Um, um, but literally my entire adult life. Um, and basically, the way that it started, it was kind of funny, really, um, because a friend who I rode with when I was a teenager... Um, he's actually our yard manager now, was like, oh, you know, you should come along to this thing that I do in the summer holidays just for a day, just, you know, sort of showed me around the yard, that kind of thing. I can't even remember why she was helping out at the time. And I'd been aware of RDA kind of peripherally just through a family friend who had a child who had quite severe cerebral palsy okay. and who I'd been around a lot when I was a kid. So I was aware that it was a good thing. Um, then basically our childhood riding school closed down, as they so often do. Um, and our then instructor, uh, me and this other girl, actually moved to work at our RDA group. So I sort of went with her and since then haven't been able to leave, really. Oh, that's so <laughs> So yeah, so at the moment I spend basically like, you know, Alice and I both have day jobs. We are both very much volunteers. Oh my um, goodness. So, and I also kept on doing RDA alongside uni um, because I went to uni fairly locally. Um, so that was when I did my kind of coach training and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess that's the short version of things. Um, but yeah, I just haven't been able to leave, basically. Oh. It really gets into your soul. I bet. <laughs> I bet it does. Oh, my goodness. And um, Alice, what, how did you get involved? Yeah, I'm, I'm not as long as India, but I'm coming up to six years this summer. Six years. Um, so I, I graduated uni and came home and living in Oxfordshire is not cheap. And I couldn't afford my own horse. So my mum was already volunteering at the time. She kind of joined six months previously from a advert in the paper um, and kind of dragged me along. And somebody said to me, oh, you know what you're doing. You you, you can tack up a pony. You seem to... <laughs> you know which you know, end the food goes in. <laughs> Literally. Um, and then somebody said, well, you know, do you fancy being a coach? And I went, sure, whatever, <laughs> sure, whatever you need me to do. Um, basically, I, I couldn't afford to do horses any other way post uni in Oxfordshire so um I joined RDA and like India said it does get into your soul so I've been coaching I think four and a bit years now oh, wow. um, and I'm also a trustee of the charity so I sit on the board of trustees 
um, and ensure it all runs and carries on and exists, basically. So I've been okay. doing that for six months. Well, that's like one of my main questions. So how does the RDA run? How does your RDA group run? So we're, if you think of it as, as similar concept to a business franchise, so we're kind of, we're all sat under RDA UK National, um, and, but we all run our individual groups. So National RDA is a charity in its own right, but each group, so Abingdon RDA is a charity itself, right. and we're all, we're, we're all volunteer run pretty much apart from we employ two staff members to look after the horses in the daytime um but we're governed by a board of trustees there's 10 of us and we're all volunteers on the trustees and yeah we 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 just i don't know how we do it in all honesty we are we're also an example of a larger rda group we Um, are very very large it's one of those things where it is kind of how long is a piece of string so not every single rda group is going to look exactly the same you will get some who sort of operate once a week on borrowed ponies from a riding school and they hire those ponies and they just bring people in for a couple of hours and that's kind of it and they have you know a few riders and that's still absolutely kind of worthwhile and wonderful and very much like part of how the charity works but for us we are essentially I guess more like a regular riding school. It's just that we don't have a regular riding school side of things. We are 100% RDA. Um, All of our horses are RDA horses. We don't have any kind of able-bodied riding lessons beyond the horses being trained and schooled. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a very busy Which is probably unusual for most groups to have their own standalone yard, all of their own horses. Um, Especially since lockdown, some of the other bigger groups have struggled... um, I think we're possibly one of the biggest, at least the biggest in in the kind of south region at the moment. Yeah, definitely in our sort of, I say immediate area. I'm trying to work out a geography, not fantastic. <laughs> I'm trying to work out what a decent, but like I feel, yeah, in the sort of south. I feel area. like between Greater London and possibly yeah. North Cornwall, we're probably, yeah. And so we're definitely how, one of the how most large, active. How large is large then, ladies? How What are we talking about? We've got uh, hundred, probably nearly 200 volunteers possibly no. nearly between 18 and 100 riders across the week um in one week i've lost count of the horses are we counting the shetlands as one or two <laughs> a half <laughs> a very small <laughs> yeah at I least 18 horses. horses yeah, yeah. i'd say 18 that's actually a considerable growth since either of us actually started RDA. Like we consistently only have a team t- between ten and twelve horses for years wow. and years and years. Um, and actually, it's it's interesting. Like we are busier now than we were before COVID. And of course, we had this sort of like stop, start, stop, start. Some groups just stopped and are only just coming back after two years. But we were one of the first groups in the country, I think, to have any sort of activity back again. Oh my god! Um, and now it's almost like. I mean, obviously, you know, it's still very recent history, isn't it? We're still kind of living through the whole COVID thing. But actually, in terms of activity levels, we're busier than we've ever been, Um, which is, you know, like it's something to be proud of, I think. That is incredible, ladies. That is absolutely amazing, especially with the trials and tribulations that um, your average riding centre has come through with COVID. It's much, I'm assuming it's much harder for you guys. How does funding work for you? Uh, You know, it's... We're completely self-funded, so it costs us probably nearly 100,000 a year to stay. Probably more now, to be fair. Yeah, it was 90 90 before COVID, so I've rounded that up. Um, Yeah, but that's just kind of 
general running, that's not including any major projects, any new horses, any major vet bills. Oh, they my do happen. Goodness. Um, our riders, our riders do pay um, for their lessons, but a very, very highly subsidised rate of uh, it's fifty pounds a month. Oh um, wow! And they ride. So when you, it's about fifteen pounds a lesson. So it's um, like they've joined a club almost. So if if they if you yeah, are a parent wanting to join, slot, yeah, they they ride every week in their regular slot. They pay monthly. Um, but yeah, it's a if you compare it to riding school fees, um, it's it is a much reduced rate. Um, we do all our own fundraising in house. We have a team that does that. We have a kind of team of people that apply for grants and all sorts of other mechanisms um so yeah it's a bit of a military operation wow we're constantly chasing it it's one of those things where you can't just sit back and be like oh you know that's great i guess if we could somehow raise 100 100k in one you know one sitting. Case, we'd be like great we don't have to do anything else for the rest of the year um but like realistically the, we raise the money and the horses eat it or you yes, know yeah have it they spend it for us pretty quickly <laughs> so it is constant and you know our charity i'm not saying that alice and i have been around for the last 45 plus oh, no. years oh. but we were founded in 1975 so it's been you know it's been a constant thing for all of that time really wow that is and we've had the same amazing. chairman all that time she is 84 now and the first you. year i think she is incredible <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Um, so it as is, a parent, as a parent, how would you get involved with your local RDA if you had a child that you thought it would benefit? We used well, to get a lot of physio referrals, but that has yeah. dwindled since COVID. So we used to we used to get a lot through children's physios. Um, we get more which are just direct now at this point, I yeah, feel. Just, just but I think the big thing about... Yeah. RDA and getting involved in RDA is that there is almost always um, fewer spaces available to match the demand that there is. Um, so, you know, certainly for our group, although our chairman, Anne, is always managing to slot new riders into space. Like, you know, I'm like, how have you fit all <laughs> of these crap. children into my class? Where have they all come from? <laughs> She's like, ah, oh, but you love them. You don't want to let them go now. I'm like, well, no. But like, <laughs> um, so we have a really, really long waiting list. And that's not just children. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of the time we talk about the kids and we have a lot of child, a lot of children. Um, we have them from age like two um, and then there's no upper age limit. So it's, you know, it really is very open-ended. Um, but I think it would be about, you know, looking up your local RDA group, seeing how they operate, what sorts of things they're able to offer. Not all groups are able to offer as much as others. So for instance, because we're quite a large centre, we've got purpose-built facilities, it means that we're maybe able to accommodate a larger range of disabilities than perhaps right. a small group operating out of a regular riding school. Yeah. Um, and then it's a case of, you know, what kind of spaces are there? And then actually, if, you know, I know that it's easier said than done if you do have a disabled child or indeed any kind of child, not that Alice and I would know, our RDH children are quite enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, you know, okay, is there anything that we can do to help the group expand? You know, is there anything that we can do to support you? Um, because actually, it, it's sometimes it's a case of having additional volunteers to be able to run, you know, an additional lesson. Sometimes it's fundraising for another pony, additional equipment, that kind of thing. Um, but I think there's a big push for the kind of nationwide RDA movement at the moment to increase that capacity because there is so much demand. Um, you know, we're always talking about how great it is for the riders who benefit um, from it, but 
there are so many who just aren't able to get off the waiting list at the moment, which is really sad. Wow. We're actually having to consider closing the waiting list because we've got nearly as many on the waiting list as we have riding, and it's just... Oh my it's almost giving people false hope that we will be able to offer a space anytime soon. And we, in reality, we are fairly expanded. Wow. Um, we've just built a brand new indoor arena, international size, so we can run lessons back to back in two different arenas. Um, but there's but only so many ponies, I suppose. Yeah, and, and only so many volunteers. Yeah, like we're we're really very short. We're of coaches. very short of coaches. It's really difficult to get coaches trained up and find the right kind of people that are willing to give the amount of time it takes to coach um and yeah we're, we're very lucky on the pony position to be honest we've got a really good team of ponies um including bigger horses for the adults which are really hard to find at the moment like, um, oh i can imagine yeah. as as we were just touching on covid i imagine if you had had to buy any horses in say the last three years that we've has been a quite a feat Yep, so lots of people think we just get given horses, which is a bit of a myth. Lots of people think, oh, I've got a lovely half-retired pony in my field. I'll give it to the RDA. We're actually, it's a massive, like, misconception that we want half-retired horses. We need really sound, really fit horses to do our job. Um, So we have to buy pretty much all of them from the market and private sellers. And it does cost so much money. Um, Well, it does as well, because you've got to, you've even in buying so like i'm thinking of my own horse bob he's fantastic i always joke he's you know he could you could set a bomb off next to him and all these things but he still might not quite be what you guys want so you could spend the money getting him and i could tell you oh my goodness a pheasant can fly out from under his foot and he doesn't even turn an ear or he can he's actually walked under a man or two whilst it was digging he's just the fearless type but if he wasn't quite right if you got him there and it was like oh actually he's not good with this or he's not good with that you've already spent the money you've then got to retrain yeah. and actually, you you never know whether the horse it does happen the horse there. yeah it does it happen. Could be the most perfect horse on paper and it just doesn't take to something really tiny which it will have never done in its whole life until it gets to us like somebody being hoisted onto it yes. from a wheelchair yes. wrangling above its head some of them completely freak understandable or you know having two people running alongside while they're trotting helping support a rider bigger horses will have you know generally never done lead rein kind of work until yes. they get to us and some of them go what are you want about dragging me around on this rope i don't understand i just so you, you know they they may seem perfect in theory but we have to take a punt on them and it doesn't always work and we do sometimes have to lose money selling them on to the right home um Yes, you can't fit a round peg into a square hole when it comes to safety. You can't, and if they don't enjoy the work, it's not good for them, and then if they don't enjoy the work, they're likely to misbehave, and it won't be good for our riders. So it does have to be right for the horses as well, and it's just the risk you take. I think... (laughs) the sort of like the additional part to that idea of you know people thinking oh RDA horses are all sort of you know ancient three-legged essentially lovable but not very fast um it's it's one of those things where actually I think people almost see it as this sort of horse sanctuary um where you know you can just sort of drop off drop off your old horse and you'll have like a nice time but actually that's vastly underestimating firstly the level of care that we give to our horses I mean I I always say if I was a horse I would love to live at our yard like it's a very nice (laughs) life it really is a very nice life um and also the fact that you know we are asking a lot of them like yes there will definitely be 
the tiny kids and like the, what we call it the baby class, but it's more like the toddler class, the preschoolers. Yes. Um, and they will be sat on a pad on a horse with, you know, a person each side holding them up often. Um, and they just kind of, you know, go around and put a ball in a bucket, that kind of thing. But that will go right up to our riders who are competing in dressage at a national level. We've just started show jumping as a group. So actually, you know, there are a lot of things that these horses have to take on. And if we didn't look after them properly and if we didn't take their welfare and their fitness and, you know, their mental sort of, their mental well-being even um, seriously, then we would be nowhere. We wouldn't have anything. You know, yes, you can get mechanical horses, but like... (laughs) Yes, no, 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 that makes makes perfect sense. And, you know, it it does bring home uh, the multifaceted bulls that you are juggling as an RDA group. There's, you've got... It, not only the children and the adults that have come to you, you know, not for rehab, but for for their well-being, their physical and mental well-being, but also the ponies rely on you, the volunteers come in, you've got the people who actually work for you, because I'm assuming it's not all volunteers, you must have some core we have, staff. We have two members of staff, um, one full-time and one part-time that care for the ponies, but everyone else is voluntary, yeah. Wow. How do you, um, with volunteers, I'm trying to phrase it, how do you vet them? Do you say to them, look, you can't just come on the one-off every now and again, or do you say, one-off is fine, anything you can do, that is great. It kind of depends what they're coming in to do. So if they're coming in to help the horse care side of things, irregularity, shift patterns, one-offs, not necessarily too difficult. Um, They can manage that on the yard. They just kind of... If they've got extra people some days to help bonus, if not, they're okay. If they're coming to help in a class, so if they're coming to help India I run our lessons, we do ask that they can kind of weekly, regularly contribute. Right. And obviously people go away, things come up, but we ask that they plan that and let us know because if we don't have enough volunteers to run, we do have to cancel sessions. Oh. We have to have enough people to safely run. Um, so it kind of depends what they're coming in to do, but generally people pick a slot weekly and stick to their slot. Um, and you know, we've all kind of got our own little teams going to help the classes. Um, especially being such a big enterprise that you've got, it's, you know, it's a lot to juggle. But we, we, we get people from all backgrounds. We get people that have had absolutely no experience with a horse before ever and maybe local and just thought, I'll try something different. I'll try and support a good local cause. And we have to completely train them from scratch on how to handle a horse. Um, we, we get lots of people that really enjoy working with kids. Um, and on the flip side, we get people that really enjoy working with horses but have had no experience with disabilities or children. Or So you children. get a really fast... <laughs> really vast kind of mixture of people um and as coaches it's our job to train them and slot them in where they best fit to keep everybody happy and safe and um so yeah that's amazing amazing. so I was gonna ask um how often can your riders attend or ride do you tend to stick them to weekly or um once a week yeah they're all all weekly yeah oh weekly wow and do any have their own horses that they bring to you or do they learn on yours and go away to learn on their own so we have we actually recently we've got our first independent rider so as an rda group you can have what's called independent riders where people have their own ponies at home but they need the additional support of some specialist training or they'd like access to fair competitions um so we've got 
a girl called Frankie that you may follow on Instagram, Frankie's Ponies. Oh, um, she comes yes. and rides with us. Yeah, so Frankie's one of our RDA riders too. So sometimes she brings her pony for training. Sometimes she'll ride ours, depending on what we're trying to work on with her. Um, so she gets the same specialist training and the same access to you know, the friendships and the support mechanisms and the competitions um, as our RDA riders. And she, again, rides once a week. Um, but she's got her pony at home. So we try to fit in and cater for anybody that needs us where we can, um, regardless of whether they've got a pony, whether they've not. Um, we've, so, we've got some, uh, we have got a pony on site who belongs to one of our RDA riders too that's used in general lessons as well uh, as for her. So we, we've got a real mix. That makes sense though, because I was going to say, so an independent rider might actually, you know, with, with all your, cr- crikey, with the length of your waiting list it is possible to say, well, look, can I bring my pony and join a session or is it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if That's we can extent, it yeah. group wise, um, yeah, we, we, we will try and do our best wherever we Some can. Some groups have relationships with independent riders, which are a little bit more kind of hands off. And it's more that they use that group's banner to be able to compete in RDA competitions and that sort of thing. Um, so it does very much depend a lot. Um, and I think, you know, most of our riders would probably love to have their own pony and they're all, you know, squirreling away their pocket money and their piggy banks oh, to one yeah. day be able to buy one or one of them will kind of come up to me and she'll be like I'm taking that one home in my mom's car and I'm like okay <laughs> <Good> cool <luck>. <laughs> but I think you know like as, a, as a, a former like pony mad girl growing up without my own pony like my parents are totally unhorsey Alice can definitely vouch for this like my mum like she likes looking at horses over the fence but like that's a wise woman she sounds very sensible <laughs> yeah she is very sensible very sensible indeed <laughs> um you know it's, it's one of those things I'm like you know what I I remember being you know the sort of yard the yard rat going around looking after other people's horses I'm still in that phase of my life I feel um so I think that's quite nice as well and we do you know like holiday activities for them they do own a pony day oh. they get lots and lots of opportunities which is specifically catered towards RDA riders um which I think is really good for them that's amazing in your sessions do you how so in the Olympics which would be my familiarity with like the classifications when you have children in lessons do you group them by ability so where the level that they're riding to this this child can walk trot canter as can this adult walk trot canter or do you like two blind riders go into their sessions together whether one can canter and one can trot or how do you how do you group your lessons more by ability than disability just because actually as coaches we have to be adaptable we have to we have to cater for a mixed bag of disabilities as such otherwise people would just sit on the waiting list we have to just take what comes next really and fit in abilities so for example I've got I've got a class of six that are all kind of walking off the lead rein, trotting on the lead rein, but I've got everything from learning disabilities to cerebral palsy to spina bifida all in that same class. Um, And and then I've got a a class afterwards that are kind of walk, trot, learning to counter, learning to jump. And again, very mixed bag. Some are physical, some are learning. Um, But unless we did it that way, they they just wouldn't all get to ride. No, you'd never be able to do it together. I think, Alice and I have some level of control over how we organise classes because we kind of got oversight over a group of classes at once on our particular days of the week. Um, And, you know, like for me, actually, it's taken me years to get 
things organized in a particular way on a Saturday, which I think at the moment it's at like the kind of optimum point. But at the same time, it only takes like one little thing to throw all of that <laughs> out. And I'm thinking, okay, let's rethink because we're dealing with people and we're dealing with horses. Yes. Um, but yeah, and we do have a small number of riders who ride on their own in private lessons if there's not, you know, a particular class which would suit them the best. And those riders do pay a little bit more money for their lessons each month. Um, but that's quite unusual because, you know, to be honest, if everybody was riding privately, um, we wouldn't be able to take no, hardly any riders at all. No, that's it. You really would be restricted then. We would be so restricted. It'd be like when we first came back after COVID, um, and this all seems a very long way, a very, very long time ago now. It was literally like you could have one rider at a time and oh. they had to be able to do everything for themselves. And it was so counterproductive for a time. Although it was lovely to give them that one-to-one attention. They flourished. Yeah. We, we didn't feel like we got an awful lot of you know, people through the door. And no. Well, we didn't. We actually didn't. We were literally counting them in and out I, of the door. It was such people, a weird time. Four people for weeks and weeks and weeks, whereas I normally teach 11 or 12 on a night. Wow. So do, so what does an average, oh, I don't know if there's such thing as average, but what does an average week look like for you guys? What does a normal, you know, normal week? So we're, we're open six days a week as a yard. Um, so we have lessons every morning and every evening and all day on a Saturday for six days a week. Sunday is the day where either the horses completely have off or we will do able-bodied riding and training with them or they will go out hacking with our volunteer riders so sunday is kind of their switch off day they do something different from their arena work they, you know we have a bit of input into them if they're struggling with something or other we'll yes. work on them um, and, and this goes on through the week with our staff as well but sunday is the day where we have free reign over all the horses to pick up the little issues you know the niggles that are going on you know yeah, such course. and such is struggling with this rain or you know such and such is struggling to pick up this canter lead he's a bit um or you know we'll take them out on the brideaways take them for a class because yeah. they do need it they need that that change in their brain they get bored their horses yeah of know, course not, horses are so they're, sensitive they're horses, but they are still horses yeah. and they all get bored. So, um we run the lessons six days a week and um, they won't all work every day, um, depending on what riders we've got. Um, I think India, you use every single horse on the yard on a Saturday pretty much. <laughs> well, between me and Iris, we do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so six days a week, we've got multiple coaches running each day. Um, we probably, I think, how many riders do you have on a Saturday? You're, you're the busiest. Like, I think we've got, if you count them all up, it's like 21, 22, on, actually no, 21 on a Saturday. Um, I don't teach all of those though. Like, <laughs> oh, what? You don't teach all 21? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, um, I, it I guess, yeah, we're well. always busy. But I think it's also important to say that like, you know, Alice and I will be up doing our various bits and bobs but at the same time for five days a week we are working we are trying to have careers and oh. <laughs> those are totally outside of horses absolutely um, so, you know that that's the other like that's the other side of the story that actually like neither of us have horsey jobs um, lots of people don't realize until no, you drop into conversation no. been at work today and they're like i oh, get a lot of work. like parents of my teenage volunteers sort of being like oh you know like but you work here and I'm like no, no. <laughs> I'm a volunteer just like your 14 year old I'm afraid <laughs> oh guys that's so amazing so um 
tell me about your ponies. Who is the longest serving? Who is the fav? Is there a favorite? The cheekiest oh, ponies. That's the so our, our longest, yeah, our longest serving at the moment is a pony called Mr. Brown. Um, Mr. Brown is very old. We are not a hundred percent sure how old, <laughs> but he's in his late twenty-seven. Which is very old. Wow. It's basically as old as us. <laughs> wow. um, one ride a week. One ride a week, bless him. And that does him perfectly well. And actually, like, this winter was a little bit, we were a little bit like, mm, but, you know, like. It was always a Wednesday night and I ended up calling the vet far yeah. too many times. Oh, but bless him. he seems to be. And Candy is also semi-retired and she's 25. So there are golden oldies and oh, they wow. have been around all the time. And Mr. Brown's been with us. Mr. Brown's the only one that's been at the yard now longer than I have. Um, so we've had nine years this summer. Um, and then, you know, the rest of them, we've got some who have joined us afresh this year and then everything in between, basically. Wow. And literally, oh, she's gone again. Yeah. Quite <laughs> popular, quite a lot of sort of native type ponies. Those are quite kind of well represented in the RDA world. But a bit of everything, you know, a bit yeah, of everything. We've got 11-2 Welsh A all the way up to 16-2 Irish Sport. Horse. We have minis of um, We've got two miniature Shetlands that have joined. Well. Yeah, yeah. So with the um, miniature Shetlands, yeah. uh, are they ridden? No, well, one of them in theory could be ridden, but um, we're not sure how much <laughs> it's done. We haven't got them with the intention of them being ridden. The intention is to do um, therapy work and kind of equine-assisted learning and ground therapy oh, because yes. we recognise that actually... There's a lot of people in our waiting list that don't need the physical aspect that riding brings, but they do need the, the therapy and the calming environment oh, and the, yes, the learning that horses bring. So the idea is to to use them to get people off the waiting list that would benefit equally from ground therapy, um, that realistically it would take us probably 10 years to offer them a riding space. Um, but these miniature Shetlands, because they're not worked as such they've got a bigger capacity than our ridden horses who we, we don't we never work any horse more than twice a day yes. at an absolute max um so yeah that is the idea is to to bring people off the waiting list in that's a different such a context. good idea that's such good thinking but it started it, it's it's a national concept that started it's called tea with a pony um and the concept was kind of created for dementia care homes um and and the idea is people from dementia homes come and have tea with a pony and it oh. it kind of it, it brings back the memories and it it does it is it is magic it genuinely is magic is um so as a group we recognize that we've got a slightly different need we have an awful lot of autistic children on our waiting list so while we're not using it in the same context it was created for it's it works with the same of, principles yeah, we're not doing it with sole dementia in mind, but we are going to use it in a different way. So, yeah, we've got our miniature Shetlands, Freddie and Marmaduke, who ah, Marmaduke. are adorable. <laughs> That's amazing. They really are adorable. I am not a Shetland fan, and I thought, God, what are we doing here? But they really are. Oh, they're like little doggies. They really they are. are. I see them in the morning, and I'm like, hello, doggies, good doggies. <laughs> yeah. Really lovely. So, yeah, we've, we've got a real range of horses. Um, everybody's got their own favourites. India, I can tell you India's and India, India can tell you mine. Um, <laughs> should, fact, should we do that? Should we tell each other? We will tell Rosie about each other's favourite horse. 
Okay. Well, India's favourite is Candy because she is the sassy mare and she she literally she embodies India in a pony, really. <laughs> I've got bigger hair than her, to be fair. But she's she's very clever. She's very clever. And Candy's yeah. 25. Yeah, so you'd be going yeah. out... Cl- I think she might be older now, actually. You'd be going I out clubbing with her if you two were out together. Yeah. We probably yeah, be yeah. I'll be taking her along. I mean, bless her. She she gets very excited. We took her to what what we now know to be like that was kind of her last show um, in 2019, and she hadn't been out for a little while because you know, like she just had this really bad habit of like looking at the calendar and going lame the week before the regional show. <laughs> Never tell year. them. And Never we'd be like, them. "Are you joking?" But this is, you know, she before she came to us, and she's actually a rare example of a horse who was gifted to us and has turned out really, really well. Um, basically, she was out like pony clubbing. Her owner would ride her like twice a day, every single day. She was out jumping every weekend. So she got off the lorry and she was like, "I am ready to party." And we were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh no, Candy, no. <laughs> um, and, you know, like totally oh. blind, you're riding her for her first ever dressage test. And we, we were calling the letters, so you have a person said each letter and she rides to your voice and she is totally blind, off the lead rein. Wow. And it was the first time we'd ever done it, it wasn't India. And I can't tell you how many glances India and I exchanged across the arena. Contained or not. I mean, I still, I still love her. I mean, she's, she's a very old girl now. She does very little work anymore. I think she quite likes to be doing more, but that's kind of the key, isn't it? To be like, yeah. no, no, like you're fine as you are. Yes. Because, you know. The mind is willing, but the body might not necessarily follow. Absolutely. Now that Jasper's gone, you... I'm at Jim Bob is my second phone. Okay, fine. I wouldn't have called that. So Jim Bob Bob is our 14-3. Oh, he's skewbold, is he? He is, yes. Bulldozer yes. Because he is built like a bulldozer. Literally. His show name is My Mate Marmite because the joke is you either love him or you hate him. <laughs> he is, I love Marmite. He's not <laughs> affectionate in any way, but he is great to ride. He doesn't do cuddles. He doesn't do fuss. He absolutely does kick. Um, <laughs> I grew up with a horse like that, though. Like, but yeah, so he's a legend. Yeah. And he goes beautifully. Like, he really he does, does go beautifully. Really well. And he wins yeah. all sorts of competitions for our riders. He's brilliant. Oh, well, that's um, Let me tell you about Alice's favourite horse. <laughs> so, um, we have... How big is he? 15-2? Well, he was sold as 15-3, but he's not that big. Yeah, he's not 15-3, though, is he? Um, a cob, a grey cob. And he's he's one of those, like, greys who's sort of white and pink, like a marshmallow. Like, he's got a little pink nose. Oh, <laughs> it's very sweet, and his name's painting him in some lovely. Oh light. no, he's cute. He's cute, and he's called Bill. Um, and Bill, the lights are on, but nobody's home. But for oh. Alice, that's her time. I'm not saying for men. Like if if Darren's listening to this, Alice's partner, that's not what I'm saying about <laughs> you, my man. Um, <laughs> but Bill, honestly, like, and he he hangs out with this other gelding called Duke, and between them, we're like, it's not a brain cell to rub together here, is that? They're sort of stood in the field looking at you like. Mm. Um, but Alice absolutely loves him, and she has spent. And he wasn't really. Um, I didn't have a no, choice. In that he he was, no, she sort of inherited him as a project essentially, and has been unpicking some stuff, which no typical story wasn't disclosed to us when he was. He was missold to us massively. Um, 
a very serious life injury that I've spent months rehabbing. She's his mum now, you know, she's his mum now. And um, actually, like, bless him. Like, he really does try his best. He's Um, really come on, actually. He really has. And actually, he's a really good lead reference, I won't lie. I think he um, he quite likes it because he's like, I'll just take my instructions from you. I'm having a lovely time. He's very comfortable for the kid to ride. He's not actually that wide. Like, he's quite chunky, but he's not that wide. Um, so yeah, turned into a nice all rounder by some. She loves him and he loves her, and it's very nice. Ladies, I'm just going to check. I think I can hear my baby crying. I'm just going to run <laughs> up. And... Yes, there we go. Right, and um, after hearing about the love that you guys, well, that Alice has for Jim Bob, who is the cheekiest pony? Is there is there any one pony? Is there any one? I don't feel that there's one. And it's for, oh, like it? in different categories. And he never stays where he's put. Okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> But he's he's lush in the lessons. He's our little Welshie. My kids love him. <laughs> but he is a real escape artist. And, like, it's got to the point where sometimes I'd, like, walk, you know, down to the fields in the morning early on a Saturday, and he's just obviously not in the right field because he doesn't really mind the electric fence. He just goes <laughs> under it, goes. tunnels. <laughs> um, he's not very big. And I'll just look at him and I'll be like, you are not where you're supposed to be. And then I'll go back down to try and, like, you know, bring them in. And he'll have moved back to the real one. I'm like, I'm sorry, are you gaslighting me? Like, <laughs> this is yeah, he um, and then he's a nightmare to catch. Like if you if he knows he's coming out for his food, you're fine. But if um, if you put him out too early by mistake, as this stupid woman here has done multiple times, he just like <laughs> takes one look at you and is like, "You're joking, aren't you?" And then <laughs> there you are chasing him around the field like some kind of cowgirl. Oh my oh. goodness! I mean, they all they all have their quirks, and we've got a few with cheeky streaks. We've, we've got a Connemara called Ernie and he he can really throw a few shapes when he wants to he is he's a classic Connie but people love him but he 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 knows he's pretty and he gets away with murder because of it yeah do you know what when when they have their I mean when you'd like them to be safe and sane but actually people love the ones with character people love the the cheekiness and the characters and oh at the end of the day it's not like our riders don't have character you know what i mean oh no exactly like, you know they, they don't just sit there and smile beautifully at people like they have We've wicked got... senses of humor and they cackle away at things and actually like they quite like it when their pony does yeah. something a bit nasty. we've got barely er- barely any kind of i'm going to be really critical but you know like the boring body cops we haven't i think we've got one of those and even even then maybe two at a push that, that we really haven't got many what you'd think is typical what you'd think is typical RDAs. yeah which is which is lovely and that's that's really nice to hear because you want to uh, just because it's riding for the disabled they you still want to make real riders you still want Absolutely. them to know how to ride Absolutely. it's not sitting yep. on a horse it's riding a horse yeah it's not pony rides basically and i think um that's why people are so surprised when sometimes we're like oh well you know like this one's learning to canter these riders are practicing their dressage tests for nationals um you know and it's like but why not and i think that that's yeah. an idea which you know like when when you have a very kind of able-bodied view of the world you don't necessarily think about these things but i think one of the steepest learning curves about being an rda coach which we will both be on until we finish being rda coaches when we're probably going to be like about 100 years old or something <laughs> um 
you know, it's that constantly like, wait, no, I'm not thinking about this properly. I'm not thinking about what this particular rider needs or how I can make this easier for them. Um, And it's, you know, it's about being able to do that for them so that they're able to experience, you know, a sort of love of the sport and the freedom that it brings them and all of that kind of stuff, just like anybody else would. And that's kind of, that's where the real power of it comes in, basically. Oh, that's so lovely. What that's a beautiful thing to say. I've spent six months kind of getting our horses out and about ready for competition season. And we take these horses out and people are like, oh, lovely horse. I'm like, oh, thank you very much. It's an RDA horse. And they're like, oh, really? Aww. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how unenlightened. Arab. <laughs> they're like it doesn't look like an rda horse i'm like i'm gonna take that as a compliment yeah yeah (laughs) and also change your view of what an rda horse looks like yeah they just think ploddy cobs and we don't we don't do ploddy cobs we've got too many riders riders with disabilities in their legs impaired Mm. power we can't do ploddy cobs they don't go anywhere they can't ride them that's so (laughs) so true that's so true. Yeah. Tell me about these competitions then, because you guys have just got back from regionals, is it? <laughs> we have. Are you, are you, have you mentally recovered enough to talk about this, India? Because I'm just about there. Yeah, I think I'm just about there. I mean, first things first. First in-person RGA competition since 2019. Were we ready for it? In many ways, no. <laughs> but it happened anyway. I the thought horses, we think we more ready. No, but at the same time, you're never really fully ready. Because, you know, if you think about the amount of effort it takes to take one rider and one horse to a show to do one dressage test, and then you make it six horses, (laughs) 15 riders, all with different disabilities. um, And then, you know, it just kind of starts to multiply and multiply. And you think, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Actually, we were were very fortunate that we have amazing volunteers and actually we did work incredibly well as a team that day yeah. like you know I felt we like so many compliments on how well behaved our horses were because yeah and we, they really we spent six months taking them out getting them that experience making sure they're confident and safe and we've only taken the ones that we know are there because yes and they looked stunning you know like our volunteers Rosie looked beautiful she did look beautiful so I think, um, I mean, I guess the kind of main thing is that RDA has this championship set up and actually the national championships, which is what the regional championships are a qualifier for, are the largest event of its kind in the entire world wow. for disabled riders. Um, and actually our group has attended every single one that has taken place. Um, so they've been going for, I think, just shy of 30 years, um, bearing in mind that the charity it's just over 50 years old so like they, you know they've been going for kind of half of its history um and of course it was it was just like no question like we were definitely gonna get out and about and you know sort of go back to it but I think um it is just it's a really all-encompassing thing I think very busy weekend <laughs> very busy that 4am start was not it was oh, I was I felt jet lagged by the end of the day you know yeah, pro- proper <laughs> hangover I, I, I drove down yeah. the A34 listening to the radio and I started crying at a song because I was that tired oh, and that emotional. And even I mean, are, like Alice doesn't. Alice is not the crier. I am the crier. Like <laughs> I'm I, not. So tired. I, I'm just you know like <laughs> woke up. It's like I've already had a little cry. Alice is like it's it's four thirty a.m. I'm like yeah, I've already had a cry. Um, but yeah, so I think it's an amazing weekend full of huge yeah. achievements and although it's busy and stressful for us, we would not change it for the world. No, you know we've got no. 
had 10 riders qualify for the national championships which is at Hartbury in the in the middle of July um oh, wow. it is open to anybody so if anybody ever wants to come along and see what the pinnacle of RDA competition is about come on down it is so much fun there is dressage there is show jumping there is vaulting there's endurance there's showing carriage there, driving. There's carriage driving there's literally every discipline you could ever want in one show all being done by people with various disabilities children adults all being run by volunteers wow um and, and it's free as God's well make it's, me the cry. <laughs> it's well, honestly it's the best <laughs> end of the year and india and i yeah. get to go and stay away with the horses have mm-hmm. some fun and yeah so we don't have... sleep for that either like <laughs> this is the thing i mean it's how it sounds awful like i know that we're not that old but like we're three years older than we were at the last one <laughs> and i'm like do i have the stamina after all of this like time in lockdown staying at yeah, home chilling? Oh, i'm sure we will but yeah, but yeah so we've, we've got qualifiers all the way from so in rda you can compete in dressage test just in walk um, so we've got riders that only ride in walk dressage all the way up to the, the a pr- a prelim equivalent of RDA, so counter tests. Um, we've got our independent rider, Frankie, who's qualified in the show jumping for the first time. So we've got that wow. and everything in between. Um, we're taking 10 volunteers, four ponies um, for the f- the three days over a long weekend. Um, and you you get groups from all over the country. People come from Scotland. They bring their horses to Ireland. You know, we are very lucky that we are generally just down the road. Just With these go. competitions, can riders receive sponsorship? Can you say, I mean, um, could you say, right, we have... Um, uh we have polly here she has qualified for the walk test at Hartbury. she is looking for a sponsor to make her her dream possible to go can you do that can you you know can individuals you could but at the same time it's a much more affordable way of accessing competition than any other form of competing in a national championship so although so for instance this year we're asking for contributions from our riders and their families to go towards things like paying for the horses to get there hiring the horses um the cost of entry all of that kind of thing i mean that said if anybody wants to sponsor any well, of that right, you can, like you know, we're almost, very open yeah well it's almost <laughs> you know. like you know if if you um <laughs> I just just thinking out loud on a tangent if you were to do a youtube follow your rider you know pick a rider yeah. sponsor them and then we'll do Maybe little we clips could. of their weekly Maybe lessons we leading up to yeah. you know the road to Hartbury, as it were people would... and lots of groups have to do quite a mammoth fundraising yeah. effort to get there especially, especially the those with big travel yeah. yeah i mean like for instance the groups coming over from northern ireland they're having to borrow horses this year because it's so much more expensive for them to actually ship the horses yes, essentially of because of like brexit and all that kind of stuff oh, um, and you just think oh my gosh like but the fact that they are prepared to do it, and then there's us being like, oh, I don't know, it's an hour down the road, we've got <laughs> so much pack. Like, we've no idea, really. I feel. No, it's like, so minor for us, but it is, <laughs> it's, it's the most incredible atmosphere. You get yeah. all the groups from across the country, people that you only ever speak to on Facebook, apart from at the Champs. Yeah, um, yeah everybody's a friend, um, oh. and it's you don't get that kind of atmosphere at horsey places very often. I feel, <laughs> but RDA's kind of got it right, you know. That's I mean, so like, lovely. yes, you do get, you know, sort of ups and downs in these competitions. Like, you know, one of one of my riders, bless her heart, had a really rough time at the regionals, and actually, I think she will have learned more from that than it 
all going swimmingly because anything can happen with horses and yep. there were just other things that just weren't coming together on the day um she's a bit of an uh, overachiever horses, yeah horses she's a bit of an overachiever so like i think it's good that she's experiencing this sort of experience of not winning in a really yeah, supportive yeah. environment yeah. um but at the same time like you know at the championships you're still like it's still a party, you know, like whether you come first, whether you come last, yes. there's still Prosecco chilling in the horse's water bucket yeah. because you absolutely you don't do that. <laughs> the fact that you just get there is massive for a lot of our riders. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, you know, going to Hartbury and competing in that massive outdoor arena is just huge. Wow. It's just, it's so, for, for a lot of our riders, like learning disabilities, distractions are a massive thing it's terrifying being the coach in that scenario oh, just trying to keep them focused to get around a five minute yeah. test in that environment we don't aim for anything more than getting around the test you know a rosette is a bonus but the fact that they've so got long as they've enjoyed themselves exactly. like and so many of them they literally they don't care necessarily where they place i mean so, you know some of them really like you know they're obsessive about like beating their score and all of that kind of stuff yeah. but actually sometimes you know there was i really don't care i've had the best day ever and yeah. they just I'm like with, to go you know, try friends. the best see their friends support each other oh that's so lovely uh, ladies i'm aware of the time here so i was going to say oh, if you yeah. could sum up oh if you can, if there's any way possible, what would you like to tell someone about the RDA? If you could, if you could say to your your average parent, your average family, why they should come to RDA or why they should support it or volunteer, like how would you sum it up? Okay, I like word games. I like words. Uh, <laughs> so let's have a stab at this. I think over there. it will it will um it is the kind of thing that has an impact on every part of a person's life potentially um and that spreads out into the people that they come into contact with every day the people who look after them it could potentially you know taking somebody for their first riding lesson with an rga group could be the start of something which you know sets them on a path to a really happy and healthy life regardless of what they've come into before um that said it takes a lot of hard work just to get the horses into the arena to start the lesson um it takes a lot of hard work to be able to afford all of it and it's the kind of thing where you know it really does take a village in every sense of the word um but it is worth it essentially like you know we get to we literally feel like fairy godmothers sometimes me and alice being able to you know sort of literally make people's dreams come true whether that's somebody being able to walk unaided for the first time whether that's somebody making a personal best in a dressage test um on a national or regional stage um but at the same time it's really important to acknowledge the graft that has to go into that from all avenues so we're not perfect, but at the same time, we do know that we are doing something really, really important. Oh, India, that's gorgeous. Well done. You rose to the challenge. <laughs> I'm like, I full disclaimer, like I have an RDA blog. I spend a lot of time talking about RDA, so I'm quite, quite well practiced. Oh, give us your blog's name. <laughs> so it's rdacoachindia.co.uk. It's actually, it's been a little bit dormant for the last few months. I used to write every single week without fail. Um, but, you know, it's actually, it's been a tough few months in various ways for me so I've kind of like let writing slip by the wayside but hoping that I'm kind of finding my mojo um Can't keep back. Plate so hopefully the there time. should be some stuff back on there very soon that'll be amazing you can't keep all the plates spinning all the time some of them have to stop that, <laughs> no, <I really> <laughs> 
sometimes the plates do smash (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so 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 much ladies i you know i feel quite emotional before chatting to you i did look up my local rda group um mine is hanford which must be the school that's local to us uh hanford school um so i might might only do schools um so quite a lot of idea groups will just take school groups into um their groups we have one school group a week but a lot of people only do schools so yeah we'll see we'll see we've got hanford hanford brineston and uh oh gosh i did look Uh, quite a few actually i was surprised there were about 14 groups within the sort of dorset area so i'm nice pop them an email and see what we can do but yeah definitely i mean just be warned it is addictive <laughs> it is, it is. Oh, but you know it's cheaper than a lot of addictions so. <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't know horses but that is thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for um educating me in the best and nicest possible way feels a real privilege to hear how passionate you two guys are So a bit of a different podcast this week. We didn't actually speak to a horsey parent, but we spoke to two ladies who are pretty much the equivalent of parents to hundreds of children that visit the Riding for the Disabled Centre that they run, um, Abingdon RDA. Um, I don't even know where to begin or to unpick our conversation with them. Um, It's so inspirational what those two ladies do and what people up and down the country do to run their RDA riding schools. Um, It's quite terrifying to hear about the wait lists that people are stuck on. Um, I love the thinking outside the box with bringing Shetlands in to do in-hand tea parties and just to be around horses. Um, I think it's really important for me to say that I really struggle if I'm, if in a normal week I don't get opportunity just to be around horses um fortunately they're my job but when I first had Albie I think I went without horses for six months um and it was the hardest hardest thing um not necessarily missing the riding but just missing being around them horses have an incredible well-documented um therapeutic effect on people And it's lovely to hear that the RDA are thinking of dementia and um, autism and other 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 than physical disabilities. Um, Just the way that horses can help um, with mental health and um, a bit, and you know, just getting to spend time with them. It's just so important. Um, Real privilege to talk to India and Alice. Um, Really grateful to them. I just I'm always blown away I'm just blown away by what people do when you break down how busy your week is work life friends family uh, hobbies if you have one and then to think that they give up their spare time um, to do volunteer work at the RDA it's absolutely incredible if you are a parent and you are looking to get your child involved in the nearest RDA um, the website is www.rda.org.uk org. so www.rda.org 
www.thepodcastnetwork.org.uk and then um, there's a really easy way to navigate around the website. You want to click find a group and put in your postcode and it will tell you where your closest options are. Um, though of course you are aware there is a waiting list. Um, I quite like the idea of the independent riders um, uh, where you could have your own pony and go in. Um, some people are fortunate enough to have their own pony. If you're listening to this podcast you might be one of them. Um, but yeah, massive thanks to the ladies tonight. It was really interesting and humbling to chat to them. Um, and I'm sat here thinking, do I have time? Can I fit in? Just even if it was one afternoon a week, mucking out boxes for the RDA, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to contact them and see how much help they need. And um, obviously they wouldn't be the size and scale of um, Abingdon, which has an amazing Instagram that does brilliant reels and introduces you to all their ponies and what they're doing that week. Fundraising opportunities. Um, So please head over and check out um, at Abingdon RDA. Hi, my boy. Oh yeah. What did you do today? Um, we did some more schooling on Des, didn't we? Did some schooling. Actually, what have you done this week? Because on Friday... We had a nice hack, didn't we? That was nice. The, our longest one yet, wasn't it? Our we, longest hack yet. And did some did, did trotting for the first time. Did some trotting for mm-hmm. the first time. Which, like, is actually... It was good... Um, I'd probably say a good half a mile of trot in total. Yeah. Yeah, easiest. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not the easiest pace because you've there's the rhythm of like going up, down, and posting to it. Someone actually pointed out to me as kids, you just learn to sitting trot and you bobble around on top of them, and then as you learn the rhythm, then you start to post. But I think as a grown man, that might be a bit painful. It's called posting when you stand up and down, is it? Yes, that's right. All right, all right. It's a a riding instructor would say that, but you just rise rise to the trot. <laughs> Um, but you did really, really well. No, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't. I found it okay finding the rhythm. I, you know, I didn't really want to do what you suggested, looking at the shoulders. And I think I just ended up looking at the floor and probably be drawn to it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not, my boy. No. Um, no, you've sat and you've sat your first proper spooks this week too, because yeah. he spooked at a log, didn't he? I did two spooks. Yeah, I'm ticking them off. You are ticking. You're rattling up the the horsey bingo. <laughs> and what else? Uh, what else have I done? Um, oh, and then today uh, the fucker went into, <laughs> went into a went into a canter without being asked, or rather, you um, said he did because I sat down for two rises. If that's that's what. right. Yeah. <laughs> Dizzy at some point in his life has been beautifully schooled, and Josh, uh, you had a connection. And we, uh, well, no, you missed. Yeah, you were you were trotting, and then in the corner where you technically. So when you learn to canter, you do ask for canter on a bend in the corner. So if you're in a school and it's an uh, oval shape, yeah. when you get to the bends, that's when you learn to ask for the canter because you're already going round, and it helps them with the correct lead. Oh, so you got right, to a okay. bend, and you sat for two beats trying to pick up the I'm right. Trying to steer beat. the fucker, probably. <laughs> Stop calling him a fucker, well, it, he's brilliant. It, it was really good. I, you know, you've got to bear in mind that I'm trying to steer, stay upright, took my took my tail and all that sort of crap. <laughs> and then all of a sudden... He's, well, Des was like, oh, you're asking me to canter? Okay, then. And he just... 
Yeah, you did. You can, you can't it. You can't. I thought we were going to do the fence, but no. Um, <laughs> but no. I, but as I said afterwards, is that um, as much as it was, yeah, I was like, oh shit, yeah, um, he's fucking running here. Uh, it it <laughs> was running. actually, it was actually um, easier for those brief moments than trotting because obviously there is no rise. No, no. So you just, I just go with it. No, I literally felt like I was at Cheltenham and. <laughs> oh, Desi. Well, Desi will like that you thought he was going fast. Oh, anyway, no, no, it's great. Him. It's great. And I think, you know, as we said, um, I sound really horsey here. He clearly feels better in himself, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's, wa- actually, he's, yeah. he's walking with more purpose. And I find that easier, don't I? Yes. Then constantly like, honour him. I mean, sometimes, I think today, he just, you know, even the kids, didn't they? Everyone felt lethargic, probably after that thunderstorm last Yeah, night. it was muggy. And I just felt I was just like having a... I felt like I was AP fucking McCoy on the donkey <laughs> on, on some absolute shit old race course. Shut up. And uh, I, I, but I was just like, come on, Des, walk. And then once he started trying, he was all right when he woke up yeah, a little bit, yeah, wasn't he? woke up it? a little bit, yeah. But definitely I found it on our, on our hack. He was striding out, and I found that a lot easier and more comfortable, didn't I? He, yeah, I think you're right. He um, has definitely found his feet here. Um, I mean, bless him. He was it, it, the reason he came to us is that the chap who had him had two hip replacements and said himself, "He's too lazy. I have to kick him. I don't like it." So we knew that when we were getting into it. Yeah. But what has been lovely is in the last couple of weeks, I, I when I've ridden him, I found when you get on. A little tap with the stick. Come on, you've got to walk on, do your work. And he's like, oh, all right then. And then he's quite interested in life. And he's mm. quite, you know, he's not slobbing along, mm. not interested. He's looking around. He's quite, quite perky. Yeah, I think... You trotted off in front of me on our hack. Yeah. No, I, no he did. He, he was away. Was he? I, I really, I'm, I'm really pleased at how much I'm enjoying it. I really, you know, and I, I said to you, it's like, it'd be nice, you know, and I almost thought about it today, but of course, because we were juggling two kids, one of whom had just woke up, the other one hadn't long woke up from him, you know, and it was just like, I can't do it. But it would have been nice today to have them, right, you walk back with Alb and Bob and I'll walk the long way. Yeah. And just by myself. And, you know, I'd be quite up for that. Um, but, but yeah, no, I'm really pleased that we found something that we can, we can just, if we can get someone to look after the kids for an hour or as of next week, I was back at school, so it just will. It's just nice, isn't it? Just once really a week nice, yeah. to, to go for a go for a hack. It's yeah. nice. It's nice. It's nice. Oh, well, that's good because um, I have to. I, I said to you when we got back, I said the grin on your face after your accidental canter was just brilliant. Actually. Yeah, no, I really it enjoyed really it. Nice. And I think you know, I said to you this evening, didn't I? You know, I'm, I I know when you first, when I first got on him, it was like, whoa, like tell the inner thighs what's just fucking happened. You know, but um, the muscles that you're using are like, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's like if anyone does stuff at the gym, like I used to, I remember I used to instruct a class and they don't really use them that much anymore, but they are still in the gym sort of collecting dust in the corner. It's those stability balls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it, to me, the, the exercise that uh, you would do more of now is kneeling on a stability ball and then doing free weights. Because you've got to think about everything like, right, shoulders back, engage, engage your upper body, engage your core, engage your hips, engage your glutes. Now you can walk. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, I know that one of my legs isn't as strong as it. I can just feel it. Yeah. And I can tell he's not right going one way or another. But it's like, it is such core stability to the, you know, to the, I now look at like 
as much as I'm never going to want to watch Dressage. Yeah, you said I look at them and think, fuck, they must be so strong. They are epic. So strong. So So, strong. So strong. You know, because like I say that, you know, they're not, oh, I can't imagine they would be easy animals to to, to hold in that um, pose. In the frame. Frame, P- frame. Pose, I like pose. No, frame. yeah, in the frame. But th- no, that but is right. That, that I mean, I've said, to, you have laughed at me before, but I have said to you what they are doing in dressage at the very, very highest level mm. is bloody amazing, really. No, no, yeah, but don't yeah. remember, I, like, I, say, I don't, I don't, you know, it's like, I like watching sport. And but but there's certain sports you know that I think yeah you know you're an amazing athlete but I don't really want to watch it and I think dressage is one of those things Shit, they must be so strong yeah so ridiculously strong to keep that posture and hold that horse in that, that frame frame is that Will I think something's going on hang there. on we're gonna go pause podcast okay that was a little Wilfie Mima Jemima he mm. was um well Magic Josh here what was that forty seconds if mm. that had been me that'd have been forty minutes um. So yeah. Anyway, we were talking about dressage. Mm. You now have a newfound respect. Yeah, I suppose that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and newfound yeah. respect um, because not only are they sitting perfectly, beautifully still, but they're also doing like a million and one um, things as well. Yeah, stuff. Hand there, leg there. Stuff cool. that I wouldn't notice. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. it's amazing. Um, so no, you have had, I think, a, a really good week with. Two, uh, well, one good hack with lots of trotting, and then a little schooling session in our field where you had to do circles, steering, trotting, and a little accidental canter. Mm. Good. Yeah. Al Road too. He's it's really nice because I think you know he now you've you've cracked it with his men with his psychology, haven't you? And that you you know Bob is now Spider Pony with a couple of uh, Spider Men and. Uh, like stickers iron on patches ironed onto his numb there actually little aside Amazon 5 18 patches of Spider-Man and if your kid is into anything god what Thomas the Tank Engine dinosaurs my little pony you can get any patch iron on absolute bargain no, do not it. spend it's, 30 it's, quid on a numb nub yeah, of Spider-Man on he's away now isn't he he loves it he thinks he's you know I mean, in fairness Bob's an absolute rock and he's he's pretending to laser and shoot and all sorts up there and Bob's not missing a beat Bob doesn't miss a beat Bob is well up for but it because no, he nice. just knows he gets yeah. dragged around eating food as much as he can yeah it's really nice Bob's yeah. so good um, and Alb's got his tennis racket and his stick and he's shooting and lasering baddies as he goes around for rides and he amazes me because he's always he's he's never ever wanted to. I mean, to be fair, he doesn't really want to now, but he likes to if he's asked. Mm. Um, and he did ask to do it at the start of the week. Um, that's what he wanted to do when he got back. He said, "Can we go chase Baddie's mum on Bob?" I was like, "Yep, that's fine." Um, today he was asked to, but he was still really keen, wasn't mm. he? He wanted to do it. Um, but oh, it's. I thought he didn't want to do it because he was frightened or worried. Nah, nah, he's really confident. Yeah, he's really yeah. casual. Just if he doesn't want to do something, he's never going to do it. And he's been like that with everything, hasn't he? Yeah, that's exactly it. So it was very funny because I thought he'd be quite frightened and don't oh, don't, don't go out of a walk, mummy, or don't let go of me, mummy. Whereas instead, he's like, come on, mummy, trot on. The baddies mm. are getting us. They don't, let's face it, like, we, we thought the same about him going on a plane a few weeks ago. Um, they don't understand what to be scared of yet, do they? Might, no, be, might be different yeah. if, if he ever comes off or something like that. And likewise, they don't, they've never... You know, watched a film with 
a horrendous plane crashing or something mm. stupid like that, which all of a sudden, you know, puts makes the, it scary. yeah, makes it scary. You know, they don't understand any of that. They just think mm, must got to be wary of that. He's big. But you don't even think that he was running beyond his bloody legs today, wasn't he, with his fucking... Yeah, he was. <laughs> Chasing Des with his tennis racket and his uh, stick. Des. Yeah. We are so lucky with our boys, we are. But anyway, so we've had a really good week. Mm. Um, so we've had a question sent in. She sent this in. She says, can, can you ask Josh this? But I'm sure she means, can we discuss it? <laughs> <laughs> because people seem to forget I'm also in this segment of the podcast. Hello, I'm Rosie. This is my husband, Josh. Everyone just thinks it's you. All right. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Um, right. Okay. Sorry. Um, can you ask Josh for advice with my ex? I'm struggling with how our time splits for the kids with having my own horse and the children's ponies. I find myself entering competitions on my weekend without them, only for him to cancel, which is horrible, actually. If If you had to cancel, that's not nice, is it? It's probably why she said, ask Josh. Cause... Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> and then when I go to have the... When it's my weekend to have the girls and they're booked in to go to pony club or other activities, he either drops them home late or to the wrong place um, and it's really beginning to get me down. I'm just trying to carry on as normal and make sure that the girls don't miss out. Should I keep trying... Or should I just wait till they're older and they can nag their dad themselves? They're four and six. Mm. It sounds very much like the, the you know, the, the 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 fact that you're trying to drive the, this as the hobby has been used as the weapon, isn't it? To, to sort of like, I want to get back at you with this. Let's face it, then, mm. you know, then, then it's never, it's never ever gonna be easy dealing with an ex. I can't imagine with kids. I just can't, I can't imagine it's ever easy, but it does strike me from the way that's described as like, right, okay, horses and keeping the girls riding are clearly something that you love and you want to do and, you know, you want to keep the girls doing and, you know, let's face it, you know, if it's your weekend without the kids and you want to do, and I don't know, whatever you want to do, like whether it's an event or whatever it might be, and you're looking forward to it, yeah, okay, I can have some time to myself, no. No, he's weaponized it. Yeah, 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 that's what it sounds like to me. Christ, advice. I really don't know. I really don't know, I'm afraid. It's very, very difficult, isn't it? I mean... It's, um... Yeah, it's not It's not nice. I hadn't really thought of it being recognised. I just thought of him as being a bit useless, but actually for him to be maliciously doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's what um, I think. That's what I think. I don't, I don't know. No. I might be totally wrong. Might be totally well, no, wrong, we don't but... know, but it... Like, well, so if he's totally useless, then... My route would be um, probably to tell the kid, the kid's nanny, <laughs> tell his mum, and be like, "Look, nag him because the kids want to do the pony club." Yeah, don't you know? I don't think it works like. Well, I don't know. Again, all breakups are different, but yeah, if but, it's, but if, if it's, it's malicious, then if it's a run of the run of the mail, then literally it's sort of like drop the kids off and not not really getting on very well. Although you've just got to try, haven't you? And I yeah. think you know when. It, <laughs> ultimately if the girls are enjoying it and they want to go then it's got to be a bit of pressure put on them and say look you know you might try and fuck my weekends up if you want to and you know <clears throat> you might you might just need to sort of maybe keep it keep it secret from him that you've got an event yeah, planned or whatever that might be it. you know maybe not mention it but with the girls weekends just 
you know, you might just have to start. I know it sounds really horrible, and I don't know, but you know, get the kids to it. Say, look, Dad, we're looking forward to this. Please don't let us be late. We're going. If if yeah. the girls want to do it, if the girls you know, want to do it, if they don't, and they're a little bit like, oh, well, we had an extra half an hour at soft play and they were late coming back and you had a lesson plan then you think actually you know they just might want to spend a bit more time with their dad i don't know i really don't know you know um yeah if it was me and you know i and and let's say you know the the boys were involved i'd want to spend as many minutes as i could with them god i'd never wrestle them back off you but that's the point is that (laughs) i don't know the circumstances yeah i don't know you you instantly sort of think worst case scenario but it might not be you know well, it's quite funny that you instantly thought worst case scenario and i just thought yeah I was being yeah useless. blokes can be dicks though can't they yeah, I mean, i'm not saying you, women can be bitches but blokes can be fucking dicks can't they and yeah and instantly i think yeah he's recognized that the <laughs> that the horses are quite a good yeah. weak link yeah yeah and let's face it yeah it again i'm massively jumping to conclusions here the fact you've got what is it three horses or two horses uh, well, yeah just... no she's got her own horse and she's got the kids ponies oh yes no she's got two kids ponies because she did tell us right, their so names it's... but i'm not gonna say their names on this no, in case no, it no, identifies no. her but like, the fact that you've got three horses you know i dare say that will have already been a bone of contention you know i dare say with yeah, him that's true. You know, yeah. the fact you spend more time with the fucking horses than you do with me and other bits and pops you just think you can kind of see it playing out you know, yeah. albeit I am a massive assumer here thinking like that. But you can kind of yeah, see you it can only out. go with the details that yeah, we've been saying. You know, and, and you think, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use that against you now. And you think, well, if you're going to be as small minded as that, eventually, girls love horses. There's no two ways about it. And they're going to grow away from that. And they will eventually realise what's going on. Yes, I think you know. that is it. Um, as far as you say, like, it's beginning to get you down. Please don't let it get you down. Like, it's, it's... So to me... Whether he is being useless or whether he is being malicious, I think if I had something booked for the girls, like Pony Club, and I knew the time and the place, and I knew it was his like his t- like turn to have the kids, and you were you know taking them from him, I would actually go and pick them up. So if they were at his, I would go and pick them up because then I know the time I'm picking them up, and mm. I have control. I have control of myself and what I can do. I don't have control of what he does. If he's late, if he's 20 minutes late getting in the car, that don't bother him. It's 20 minutes. In the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. When you're towing a trailer with ponies on, that's a long time. Mm. So I think I would take control of what I can do in that situation. I'd be like, right, I can go and pick them up. I can organise my lessons when, you know, late, you know, I can organise my lessons later on in the day. So if he's late picking them up from me, or I can't drop them off because he's got inside tracked doing something else in the morning, he's, you know, whatever. I'll make sure my lesson's later on in the day to give myself room for error instead of trying to rush around it of a morning. I mean, all these things, life gets in the way and it can't always work out like that. But I guess it's boxing smart, not boxing hard. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think sometimes, you know, what it might, harsh words might need to be said. It's like, look, you know, girls want to ride and you're preventing them from doing that by doing this you know or or, or just ease off for just a little bit and you know you, mm, might, you yeah. might be right you might be right like four, four and seven was it yeah for, uh, yeah four and six four then. and six it might it might just be you know okay we might just need to ease off a little bit here and not put so much pressure on the whole sort of you know child share and until they're a bit older when you know that they'll pester him to get yeah, back to go true. riding and things like that, you know why put pressure on you on yourself now? You've got, 
years, unfortunately, now. Because you've got them <laughs> interested in horses of being skimp and going to gymkhanas and whatever else you're going to be doing. It's inevitable that it's going to, you know. So, so, and I don't think, don't think for one minute that oh, they're going to lose, you know. Well, actually, you don't have to go to a pony club. Mm. If you have the ponies at home, you can always take them for a hack. They're not going to miss the horse time. They mm. might just miss the competitiveness or the rallies or the, the you know the learning. But if you're a horsey person too, kids this age, they just want it to be fun. Yeah. Like we discussed with Al, just yeah. want them to have fun. Get them some frozen iron-on stickers, bang them on the numbers. They won't want they won't, they won't, they won't <laughs> yes. want to be late getting back then. That's, yeah. get, get Elsa and Anna either yeah, side of the right. number and you'll yeah, be well yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. I mean... Just please don't let it get you down. I guess it's it's one of those things. Oh, it's so easy to say that, though, isn't it? Let's no, face it. it, it. Is you easy know, to I can say only it. imagine how hard it is, and it, and it, you know, and and no matter what anyone says, you know, you, you're gonna you're gonna think about it, and um, and, yeah. and expect the worst. And I think sometimes it's, you know, maybe maybe not maybe not give as much um intelligence away as to does that make sense? Yeah, as keep to, your cards a bit yeah, closer. Yeah, to your chest. that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's like right. I need. I need <laughs> I need them back at lunchtime. You don't need to know why. I just need them back at lunchtime. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, well, I think. Uh, I mean, I, when I said to you about this question, you said, "Oh, it's it's like um, sort of a dear Deirdre mm. question," but it is a very real question. There's a lot. There's going to be lots of parents out there that aren't lucky enough to have the two of them to handle everything. Mm. You know, there are single parents out there, and people do have difficult and awkward exes, and they equally have lazy useless exes and that's why you've dumped them um but i think my advice and i'm quite proud of this advice actually (laughs) is to take control of what you can do Mm. and you know sometimes it will work out and sometimes it won't but as long as you've done the best that you can it's up to them isn't it it all will out in the wash in five years time when the kids go why didn't we do this or why did we miss that or whatever you can say well i tried to pick you you know i came to pick you up i tried to do it and let that speak louder than, you know, there's no, I don't think there's any point getting really naggy and angry and cross with someone. No, it's, it's because, hard enough. No because doubt. I think they just put their ears back. Yeah, and I think no, it'll no doubt be be um, hard enough as it is. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. I, d- um, I don't think anyone ever shouting and losing their temper at anyone has ever made anything happen. No. <laughs> Do you? No, no, not in these circumstances, definitely. No. Um, no. Catch more, catch more. Was it catch more flies with honey than vin- vinegar? I've never heard of that shit saying. Ca- you catch no, you catch more bees with honey than vinegar. Was it flies? Because no, bees make honey. What is this? Is this one of, another one of your shit Dorset sayings? <laughs> no, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. I think that's right. You probably would. Yes, you probably would. Right, and on that on oh. that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> on that absolute bollocks. <laughs> Thank you, my boy. That's it. That's the end of another episode of Child Pony Sleep Repeat. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I would really, really appreciate some feedback. I would really love it if you can screenshot 
when you're listening and share it to your stories um, to get the word out please tag me in it if you've got any questions no matter how small or big you think they are I had some amazing questions sent to me this week Um, people who've just found the account are sharing you know asking questions that have been covered in previous podcasts but obviously they've not caught up yet or um you know that it's it's sort of overwhelming when you come across a page that you think actually this is what I've been looking for um so I had a few questions this week about um things like time management um how do we organize childcare how do we organize um round work how do we you know how to take a baby to the stable safely these are all things that we have talked about um and they're not things like I'm no expert I didn't know how to do it uh you learn as you go but in speaking to all the amazing ladies that I do on the podcast you soon learn tips and tricks so no questions too big no questions too small don't worry if you think it's been covered before because um I'm always happy to point you in the right direction if you want to be um you know advised of which podcast episodes to listen to you've just found us you've listened to this one and you think well actually I want to hear about this from this person drop me a message say um I'm really struggling I'm I'm doing this and I've got that uh who's similar to me who've you inter- who've you interviewed who's similar to my lifestyle I'm happy to point you in the direction um yeah get in touch get involved um thank you so much everyone who does support and like and subscribe um please rate the podcast on your podcast app um that would mean the world to me um we have hit 1500 followers on instagram now um so i will be running a competition i need to get my ass in gear and work out exactly what i want to do but there will be a competition coming up so watch this space thank you very much